this episode of This American Life, we talk about the Create Initiative 100th episode. Welcome back to the Create Initiative Podcast, a show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. I'm Jason Evans, alongside Kyler Clapp, and the one, the only, the taking a drink of water, Kyle Lee. <laughs> and he just spilled it. Gotta stay hydrated for the cast. Gotta stay hydrated. Uh, well, <laughs> went up my nose. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, everybody, welcome to number 100. Whoop, whoop. 100. That's right. Here's it's to 1,000 more. Here's to 1,000 more. <laughs> it only uh, took seven years for these 100. <laughs> hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. It only, you know. Whew, I think we need thousand. to start cranking them out daily. Think so? Yeah. Kyle, yeah. that's where we've been at. Where you been? I was waiting for you guys <laughs> on the last one, and y'all didn't show. So, yeah, that's I feel terrible about that. I still Kyler still didn't feel awful. terrible. She was texting her friend, blaming me. Was I? Probably. Was it Sierra? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and thus ends that conflict. We got some. We got some drama going on on the cast. That's right. I like to rather call it the pod. The pod. On the pod. On the pod. Do, you, do you abbreviate Speaking it pod or do you abbreviate it cast? Sweat. I think pod on the pod, podcast. I don't know. I don't think there's an abbreviate. If you have to abbreviate podcast. Pod sounds like bod. Yeah. Like bod spray. <laughs> I use it. Taking it back to middle school, huh? I use bod spray. Axe. Still? Yeah. Wow. It smells axe? better than Axe. Oh, bod? Oh, like the Walmart brand. It's not right? Walmart brand. Do you? Uh, it was the first, the, I think. It was out before. The theater X. that I well, because it used to just be like regular spray. It wasn't yeah. like a aerosol can. Yeah. Um, and I still sell that. But the theater that I in my hometown before the movies, um, you know, before the real previews would start. Yeah. They would always have like the commercials, commercials or okay. the whatever, like the Fanta one, and then yeah. they always had this uh, this really weird bod spray commercial <laughs> every time. It's like, I want your bod. Like a heartbeat, and it's yeah. just like guys playing, like the the handsomest men on the planet, somehow being also athletic and playing basketball, and it was just a really weird way to start a movie. But <laughs> but it worked because that's what you. Used. I I found some bod spray that has caffeine in it, caffeine? and so I just I just start my day just all over, so and I can just instantly be ready to go. Like I keep it in my car because uh, my wife does not like it when I spray it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Libby, you guys, since the last time you were on the show, you guys have had another child. We have. Little what? Hazel Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for you listeners who were as offended as I am to find out that uh, Jason... Hey, I just... Thought your child's name was a, like... Cookbook was like author. yeah, like a breakfast sausage. <laughs> hey, I just go with it, you know. A breakfast sandwich. <laughs> well, so how is little Hazel? Well, this is Naomi. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Hazel's doing great. Our three-year-old, she's doing awesome. Um, Naomi is also doing great. Six weeks old yesterday. Wow, that's amazing. New, new, new experiences, right? Yeah, four well, children. Oh yeah, that's new. 
it's a uh, we're we're running out of space in the minivan, but <laughs> it's good. Well, she doesn't good. do much, but the other three make up for it. Yeah, and, and then so, she'll catch up. Yeah, she'll get to learn all their good and bad habits. So, yeah. but it's great. That's it's, good. It's never. I never go to bed at night just like it's always happy. Like just wow, this is great. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I mean, it's in regards to that whole situation. There's <laughs> things that I'm definitely not happy about, but never when it comes to them. I well, don't. I. Good. I. Man, I can just get on a tangent right now. I don't like it when parents are like, even if they're just jokingly when they talk bad about their kids. I yeah. just it. And I just don't like it when they're like, oh, yeah, they're rotten. Or like, they're, yeah, got to do it. Like, I'm just like, man, it's it's the best. And so it is hard. It's the hardest thing. Um, there can be really hard days when you're so annoyed or frustrated or upset. But then at the end of the night, they're sitting there laying in bed, and you're just like, man, this is the greatest. That's comfort. That's, that's nice to know because yeah. I was in the store the other day, and this mom was like, chewing her kid out saying I shouldn't have brought you all this stuff and I whipped my head around and I was like I see this four-year-old and I'm like what in the world yeah (laughs) she was not having it this mom and I was like that's your child you birthed that child well maybe she could have been adopted anyways that child I was kind of went um uh Oh man, I'm losing the actor's name right there that you just sounded like Christopher Walken. <laughs> what? <laughs> that child. Like, dude, I don't even know. That child. <laughs> oh wow. But yeah, anyways. I gotta go. Welcome welcome to one hundred. Yeah, anyways, it's great. Uh, well, great. that's good. And what else is new? You haven't been on in like weeks. Maybe. What else is new? Let's see. Started a new job as a sixth grade teacher at an oh. elementary school. Yeah, how's God that? God bless. Um, it's great. You like it? Um, I don't have the same uh, feeling for all of these kids as I do my own. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's good. It's challenging coming in. Um, they had a, you know, a little bit of a bad situation. Their teacher just up and left. Oh. oh. Um, and so... You know, sixth graders, they think they're too cool for everything anyways. Yeah. Um, so it's fun, though. I get That's to... Good. good change. Good yeah, change of pace. It's, it's really hard work, but get to think a lot more than... Um, or maybe a lot differently and different use different parts of my brain than I have in a while. Yeah. And so... Um, Dust off the cobwebs. Yeah. So, you know, this is my second week doing that. Wow. So... Congratulations. Yeah. I've only had to send one kid to the office. I did have to move all their desks today. <laughs> because of talking? Yeah. Um, we have, I have three different classes, and uh, the third one, they just weren't getting it, so separate all the desks. So you teach English, right? Teach English and language arts. Reading language arts is okay. what they do, and so... Are they reading anything right now? Like we just time? started. Okay, poor, these poor kids, uh, we haven't had, a, they haven't read a book all year as far as like a group, as a class together. Okay. They yeah. haven't had oh. like a oh, okay. assigned, we're going to read this novel together. Yeah. So we started Tuck Everlasting this okay. week. Yeah. And um, yeah, it'll be, I've got it in my backpack right there. I'm going to have to reread it because I don't think I've read it since sixth grade. I remember going and seeing <laughs> the movie. Yeah. Well, it came out when I was in sixth grade. And so I remember going and seeing that and Well, how about that? Yeah, I know I've never liked children's lives. Never liked that actress though, the girl from Gilmore Girls. Oh, uh, the Rory? Yeah, she's in it. I've never liked her. Yeah. 
And what's her Alexis? That was like Alexis. The, that was the first thing I ever saw her in. Okay. And she's fine, I guess. It's a good movie. My grandma made. Does me she watch even it. do anything anymore? I don't know. She she's probably like makes the, a lot of money off of Gilmore Girls. She's like the equivalent of Elijah Wood. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of <laughs> remind me of each other, like. They were really famous, but they don't do anything anymore. You know, some people choose to get out of it. And know? they're not that good of actors. Well, that's some of it, too. But, I mean, a, I think Elijah Wood was a, that's a hot wonderful take. Hobbit. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is boring. That's another hot take. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. We just lost it. some listeners. Listen, if they don't know that about me, a hundred episodes in. That's true. <laughs> also, if they're still listening after however many episodes I've been on. I don't think that's going to run well, them off. That is true. I, I do want to ask you one more question before we get to our guest, because I, I tried having this conversation with Kyler, but she's too young. Okay. Did you watch the Oscars? Obviously. Obviously. I don't miss. It's hard to tell anymore because yeah, you, don't, you don't live tweet. Yeah, I've anymore. been off social media now since July, and that's been the biggest temptation. The Grammys, I... I'm seeing because I still have my time hop, and so when those come around, I see all my excellent live tweets yeah. from the years previous, <laughs> and I've been tempted to just get on there. But uh, man. you should you should make a fake account. Well, it's not really about like I don't mind the stuff I say. It's just about the the time suck. Yeah, you don't want to fall back in. Yeah, yeah. and especially Twitter. Like I haven't been tempted for Facebook or Instagram at all. Uh, Twitter, I'm just like I want to get on there and let people know what I'm saying right now because it's really funny. Yeah. It is really funny. Um, it's, uh, it's not as funny as some of them are really good though. Some of my time hops. Though. Yeah. Especially when LL Cool J was hosting the Grammys a few years ago and I don't know. It's just really funny. <laughs> well, and because retwe- I retweet what other people are saying too and it was... Uh, well, did you get to watch any of the uh, movies that won the various awards? I did not. You didn't? I don't even remember what they were. Well, I don't like even Parasite, watch movies Joker, anymore. Uh, Joker, didn't see Joker, didn't see... Par- Parasite's too scary for me. Uh, I, I will say, I watched it. It's scary. No, nah, it's not scary at all. It's super good, though. Is it, but it's a thriller. It's a thriller, yeah. but When it's... people say thrillers aren't scary, they lying. <laughs> well, somebody said they were like, A Quiet Place is a thriller. I'm like, okay, I but... If, it, if you're sitting there and like your heart's about to explode, it's a scary see, you movie. Never, I, I never had that moment. It's more like a, like a sociological idea i'm here for that so because it's like there are moments that are very tense but it's really all about like the way people interact with each other Ooh. so like but it, it was there's super no good like super uh, good. there's no there's like no out, monsters there's no outside force or anything no nothing to, nothing like that oh, i thought there was it's literally it's the outside well force. that's it's really about social class like mm-hmm. upper class lower class mm-hmm. and how they relate to each interesting. other interesting so yeah i, I kind of went into it thinking it was going to end up like, being like get something. out yeah because everyone says yeah. to watch get out and i would want to but there's like there is that twist of like yeah you know what they're doing and i just it's yeah it, it's not like that at all so if you ever have the chance uh and you know it's all I subtitles i know you won't you've got four young <laughs> you know children. what i'll be watching tomorrow night frozen two <laughs> yes it's so Best movie of 2020. I don't care what the Oscars says. I don't care what the committee says. <laughs> Frozen 2 is where it's at. Frozen 1, horrible. Oh. Frozen 2. That's not even a hot take. I can't even imagine <laughs> it being good. But Plot-wise, plot Frozen 2, you're about to have your mind blown. Is it predictable? I, yes, kind I doubt of. it. I doubt my mind's going to be blown. <laughs> Listen, you're not ready. You're really not ready. Well, and it didn't come out in 2020, right? It came out in oh, 2019. Oh, 2019. That's what okay. I meant. Best movie just, of 2019. Yeah. So we just wanted sorry. to verify. Yeah. Just I mean, to it, verify. the whole thing they did for Frozen 2 at the Oscars. Oh, that was rough. 
Oh, horrible. Yeah. And like, I you know, I look at it from a good. from a production standpoint. Yeah, like there, there's no way you can pull that off here's, on live TV well. Here's been like, the most impressive thing about the Oscars the last few years is the LED wall. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. And that moves and yep. it does all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Their production design is good. Yeah. It the, is good. The whole Adina Menzel. That was a hot mess. That was bad. She, I don't like the way she sings. But to translate she that just, song into. She just screams as loud as she can. Yeah. I mean, anyone could do that. <laughs> you want to try it? <laughs> Go ahead, I'm tempted. Let me take the headphones off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we, we better get to our guest. I know this is the 100th, but yeah, yeah, Sorry, that sounded kind people... of arrogant what I said about how any like made it seem like anyone could just sing. Like Adina Menzel. Let me clarify. Anybody, I mean anyone, could get up there and scream oh my God. like she does. Okay, there but we go. Not, I wanted to. Oh, sorry. Whoa, whoa. 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 <laughs> I wanted to clarify that because I know it might have been unclear what I was meaning. Like yeah. anyone could do. Dream it. big, but kids. not just anybody could get a lot of money doing that. That's true. I mean, good for yeah, her. That, that's where the real talent lies. Yeah. So, well, speaking of talented people, and I mean truly talented people, today's guest is uh, Ezra Cohen. Ezra is a filmmaker and creative director who specializes in creating unique visual environments for film, commercials, and live concert environments. And yes, I read that word for word, but uh, Ezra's work has been featured on Billboard, Apple Music, and many other publications. He's done work for Salt Conference, for Gateway Church. Uh, he's done stuff for The Belonging Co. He's also done stuff for uh, projects for Adidas, Sony, Nike, Justin Bieber, The Chainsmokers, Jonas Brothers, Billie Eilish, Hillsong United, Gary Job, and more. Did you say Justin wow. Bieber? I did. Jonas Brothers? Yeah. We didn't even talk that, about that. That just legend. made you, you just dropped in your seat. <laughs> that's, two, that's two very important JBs. Billie Eilish? We didn't even talk about Justin Bieber's new album. Anyways, it's go ahead. Well, we can, let's, let's talk about it after the Continue uh, on introing this interview. amazing guest. Well, uh, Ezra is amazing, and he took time to uh, chat with us. We had a great conversation. So let's just get to it. For our 100th episode, here is Ezra Cohen. Well, Ezra, thank you so much for taking time to be on the Create Initiative podcast. Uh, how's it going, man? Man, it's going so good. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. Oh yeah, we've we've wanted to make this happen for for a long time, so we're glad uh, it, it could finally come together. And so, uh, Ezra, for for people who they may not be uh, aware of who you are, some people may be aware of part of what you do. Um, could you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're located, and uh, what what you do? Yeah, totally. So. That's an interesting question. I'm kind of always figured that out myself, but, uh, I could tell you that I live in Nashville. Um, my wife and I just moved here about three years ago and, uh, I'm a freelance director. And then also in this past year, I've also started kind of like a, basically kind of accidentally started like a new little endeavor where uh, I sell like visual products to other filmmakers. And, um, that's been kind of taken off this year. So yeah, I guess I would say I'm a freelance filmmaker and, uh, wannabe entrepreneur. So yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think that's awesome. Uh, it seems like creatives always have that little bit of wannabe entrepreneur you exactly. know, deep inside. Yep. It's uh, true. Well, well, that's great. That's great. And we'll, we'll dive into that in a little while, but before we, we get there, Ezra, I want to kind of start at the beginning. Um, yeah. 
where where did your interest in film and video begin and and if it was a different avenue of creativity design or something like that what what did that look like at the beginning for you yeah so um it all kind of started for me i mean the long story short is I was like homeschooled <laughs> for most of my life, um, which we like my family moved around a bunch um, and we ended up kind of moving to Dallas, Texas when I was like 13. And so I was, you know, kind of getting starting high school and we just kind of ended up uh, going down the high school route. Uh, I mean, sorry, the homeschool route. And we actually moved to Dallas to attend a church called Gateway Church, which at the time was just kind of a small local church. It was like 1,500, 2,000 people. And over the course of kind of, you know, being there for 15 odd years and sort of growing up basically in that church, like saw it grow to like 40,000. And now it's this, you know, large church. But at the time it was just like, it was just where we went. And, And because I was homeschooled, I, you know, had way too much free time on my hands. My, uh, my mom was like, knew I wasn't going to be a, a scientist. So she would let me cheat on my chemistry test so we could just get that over with. And, and it gave me a lot of time for all the things that I knew that I was passionate about. Like I always actually wanted to be a worship leader growing up. And so I was really focused on, you know, learning instruments and I think pro tools had like just, you know, come out. So like my, you know, uh, like the, the youth band leader was like, you should get into pro tools. Cause I was working on like a task am like four track tape recorder. And, and anyway, just mm-hmm. basically through the course of having a lot of free time on my hands and then being around, you know, some of like the sort of big brother guys at, at the church that was kind of growing really fast. Um, just got a lot of opportunities to kind of explore all the different opportunities, you know, in media as a whole and volunteering in kids church, um, and, you know, going to youth. Like I just started seeing like these needs to like, there were just needs like for videos in kids church. Um, and I basically got into video because I was like, well, I've got time, might as well learn how to run this camera and like make something to like serve this ministry basically. Yeah. Um, and basically, you know, the guys in the video department at the church, like lent me a camera, taught me how to use it. And I just got hooked. Like all of a sudden, like, you know, it became like my new favorite instrument, so to speak. And I was just, nothing could like satisfy like my interest in it's, it's one of those things where if you're, you know, coming from a, a music background, it's like playing guitars is, is fun. Playing drums is fun. But then like, you know, video has this, it has the music element to it. It's got an emotional, a psychology, you know, a, a psychological, a visual. It's got so many things to it that I was just so hooked. It was just like, it felt like an infinite sort of, uh, world of, of, of things to learn. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how I got started there. And then that led to, you know, making videos for youth group and then, um, ended up, you know, coming on staff later when I graduated, um, and did a bunch of stuff. And so, yeah, church is really where it started for me. Well, that's awesome. And so, um, you, you did, you were on staff at Gateway, uh, after you said after you graduated. Yeah. So I went to a uh, Bible school out in Dallas and then, you know, they, they hired me right out of, uh, college cause they, I had a great relationship with them and I was still kind of, you know, doing some work and volunteering. Um, and so I ended up coming on as, as one of the producers in the video team, which by that time we had a video team of 15 to 20 people on staff. The media team was like 50 and the staff was like of the whole church was like a thousand or something like that. So it was a really mm-hmm. cool opportunity to kind of jump straight into, um, 
you know, kind of like a bigger team environment where we were kind of like a, like a small agency within the church. Um, so I was pitching, you know, concepts on a regular basis to like, you know, the different ministries. I mean, I got, I basically got like a freelance, like multiple client experience or sort of like an agency experience all from within like the comfort and safety of my home church, which was really cool. You, you've embarked on this, this life of a, a freelancer. And so you talk about how, well, you know, Gateway helped maybe train you to be prepared for a freelancing career. Um, yeah. But what was it that sparked this, this uh, idea to, to move away from, from Gateway and from the church uh, sure. full time to freelancing? Yeah. So, um, coming out of, I I was working at Gateway and loving it. And it was again, like just such an opportunity, you know, an opportunity that I will always be grateful for because it taught me so much about just how to consistently do this job, uh, especially within a a team environment. And eventually basically, uh, there was a company called music bed, which I'm sure a lot of filmmakers have heard of. And I didn't realize that they were based in Fort Worth, which was like, you know, down the street from me. So Mm -hmm. I started becoming friends with Christian Schultz, who was the like director on the video team there. We started sort of working together and ended up, you know, they sort of reached out and ended up taking interest in us kind of working together. So I left Gateway, went to work at Musicbed for a year and got to produce um, a feature length documentary called Make, where we basically got to like travel all over the US and like, you know, create this feature length documentary like with the, again, with the safety of a staff uh, position, which was really cool. But after doing that for a year and just kind of like, really, we worked really, really hard um, and did a lot of work. Uh, But I was just, I knew that there was, I could kind of sense that same cycle of like, okay, we're about to do the same thing for another year, you know? And that, that's something to me, like both in the church world and pretty much any staff position, like there's a a sort of cyclical element to the work that you do. And so I was excited to, I just crave like variety. Like I always have, like, I think from moving a lot as a kid and, you know, just, I'm just kind of a little bit ADD when it comes to my interests. So I was just like, I, I don't think I can do this for another year and really felt like it was time to sort of step out and take the leap of faith and just kind of go for it. Um, both my wife kind of like my wife and I both felt like it was just time to like take that risk and, and, you know, get more of like an adventure under our belts. So yeah, Yeah. I went freelance. Um, I think it's been four years now. I went freelance again. It was January, 2016. Yeah. So been, been four years and, and, uh, it's been quite a ride. Yeah, I bet, I bet it has. Um, you know, on that idea of, of freelancing, you know, over this course of four years, what are um, some of the pluses and minuses of working as a freelancer? I think people who, uh, I think anyone who has a has a career day job will think this, but especially in the creative church world, you fall into that, oh, well, a freelancer just sounds so right. marvelous and so wonderful. But so over this time, what have you learned or legit like, you know, this is really great. And these are, this is difficult, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I've, I've had some conversations recently, even with friends or guys who are, you know, coming out of college and like trying to decide if they're going to keep going freelance or like if they should take opportunities that come their way and stuff. And looking back, it's, it's, I'm just realizing how grateful I am for the time that I did have on staff because mm-hmm. I've kind of touched on it already, but just like, you know, in a staff role, like you learn a lot. And I think the biggest thing is like how to consistently pitch and land concepts, like with a single client, basically, like 
there was, it teaches you a lot about like things that work and don't work in just communication as a whole. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, you know, being at Gateway, I was 22, 23 and I, and the church kind of had a median age of like 40, 45, 50. So I always felt like I was like the like kid in the room, like pitching, you know, tr- I, I was trying to push things that were making, that were interesting to me. Um, yeah. but it always felt like kind of this, like, like I was pitching to like a corporate client or like a, f- you know, 50 year old, 60 year old pastor, which was like really annoying <laughs> at, at the time. But I'm like super grateful <laughs> for it now because I'm like, I actually learned how to communicate like things that I, you know, like edgier ideas or like things that were risky. I learned how to like sell that to people who, you know, basically are the equivalent of the the corporate clients that you end up kind of facing as like a commercial director or anything. You know what I mean? It was obviously a sort of a, a micro version of that, but there's a lot of guys, you know, who I see like who haven't had that experience and they end up making a lot of mistakes just in the communication that, you know, the communication like pitfalls of like just kind of lazy emailing or like poor communication in their pitches and just expecting people to see exactly what is in their head. And I think because I was forced into like having to paint such vivid pictures for people who are on a completely different wavelength than me, then it really taught me a lot. Um, and just the, you know, working on a team, like my, since going freelance, I've noticed like my file organization is just getting worse and worse because it's like, (laughs) I have no accountability, but you know, um, it's, it it taught me a ton about that. Um, and then on the flip side, I mean, obviously freelance is, is amazing. And I think the biggest thing to me is like the variety and the sort of the option for freedom. Um, especially when there's like aspects of, a job or a role that like aren't bound to a certain location. So like, you know, there's a lot of like freelance directors, like you could be writing the same treatment, either sitting in your home office or, you know, on a plane traveling wherever you want. And as long as you're, you've kind of set yourself, you know, yourself up financially to like make those decisions, it just creates a lot more freedom. Whereas, you know, with a staff job, you're kind of like, it's always, you have to be at a desk for some reason, even though there's no reason for it. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I mean that, which kind of just leads to like a thought that like, um, the, the biggest sort of like goal for my wife and I, when, when we talk about jobs, whether a staff thing or, you know, even specific jobs, like, do I take this freelance gig? It's always just like freedom is greater than money. Like we will always place a higher priority on like creative freedom and, a freedom in our lifestyle than we will like a certain amount of consistent money. Cause I'd rather be, you know, I'd rather make $30,000, um, next year and like have the opportunity to spend time with my wife and like see my friends than to make, you know, a hundred thousand or 200,000 and be like just burnt out and, and dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, and, and then flip, you know, same with travel or anything else. It's just like, we always come back to the fact that freedom is better than money. And so I think being a freelance director gives you that, that option, you know, and it takes a while to like fight for it and to get to that place of like actually obtaining freedom. It's taken me, you know, three years, four years, whatever, but it's, it's definitely worth the payoff once you get there. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it is, and, and definitely kind of seeing your story and and the way things have have uh, transpired for you over the last three or four years. I mean, you've you've had the the opportunity to work with some some seem you know like from from an outsider perspective, some big clients, yeah, um, both in inside the church world and outside the church world, and um, yeah. you know, so it's great to hear that it didn't just happen, you know, from day one. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and you, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's for the people who are like just sort of, you know, which I have the same perspective of a lot of other filmmakers. It's just, it's crazy. You know, like the whole like iceberg analogy, it's like what people see on the surface, like the tip of the iceberg is like, you know, 10% of what has actually happened behind the scenes to like make that even possible, you know, which again, it's like all the, it's the, what seems like endless annoying years of staff jobs or drama or politics or whatever. Like now I look back at it and I'm like, man, thank God. Like I had those opportunities cause they made me ready for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, you, the, the drama and the, the dealing with staff, like that doesn't go away, you know, when right. you're a freelancer, you're still hiring crew, you're it. still working with clients, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I want to kind of talk about, uh, you know, it, you've, you've got a lot on your plate and you've got a lot going on and, and you send out an email and I think you posted something on social media, right? Uh, right after the first year, right before the, the first year. And you, you talked about some work that you're, that is kind of personal to you. It's like your own personal work. Yeah. Um, and how do you find the time or what are you doing to find time to produce your own creative work, uh, amidst all the, the paying gigs? Totally. Yeah. I mean, Um, it's kind of evolving for sure. I think, uh, it's one of those things I think, you know, it kind of leads back to that same concept of like freedom over money. Like, um, honestly, I have to attribute a lot of it to my wife because she and I kind of met, uh, before we got, you know, like we were in college, um, and we just kind of got to know each other around like music actually. Like I thought music was kind of like this thing that was over for me. And then she came in and she Mm. was like the missing puzzle piece. Like I love just like writing melodies on the piano. And it was like literally like our second date. Like she just kind of like, I was just like messing around at like a piano on campus. And she started like, she was like, Oh, I think I have lyrics for that. And it was just like this instant kind of like puzzle piece moment. All, all of that to say like that, it kind of became this like thing that like re sparked like a sort of a passion project in both of us that became, you know, something for us to kind of like pursue together. Um, Uh and, but overall, like, I think, you know, that's like just one example of the fact that she's really like the driving force behind a lot of passion projects for me. And like, I think if it weren't for her and the way that she kind of processes things, like I'm the type of guy who I would just say yes to opportunities like forever. Um, yeah. And I would never say no because they're, but basically like I would say yes to opportunities instead of actually stopping to like what, you know, ask myself, like, what are like the dreams that I have? Like, um, and there's a difference, like really like opportunities, even though they seem like you're working hard and you're hustling or whatever you want to call it, like opportunities are passive in a lot of ways and they're really Mm -hmm. necessary, but there was kind of, there were, you know, there've always been things inside of me and, and in her. And then, you know, the, the sort of combination that it's like, man, if we don't like say no to some things, like we're never going to do these things that 
we've had in our hearts since we met or since, you know, we were kids even or whatever, like things that we feel called to do or whatever, you, however you want to phrase it, like there's things that we have to be able to create space for to like be able to pursue that. And so, you know, but at the same time, you got to pay rent next month. Like that's like the yeah. sort of like dichotomy of the whole thing is like you, you're on a hamster wheel that's like, you know, you, you have to be on the hamster wheel and take the next job and the next job and the next job. Um, in order to pay rent and pay for, you know, food and then hopefully make enough to go on a vacation so you don't burn out, you know, from all those and yeah. et cetera. But you've got these things that are like, if you don't do them, you're going to die and you're never going to live out those dreams. So there was, there's been a season where, I mean, like in 2018, um, we, you know, I worked, I had more gigs from a, you know, I had more opportunities. I mean, I was working with like, I got to work with my like bucket list dream people like Hillsong United and Young and Free and like Jesus Culture and TBCO and like all my favorite people and like Sony and Express and like, you know, everything from like, you know, childhood dreams or like the guys who inspired me to like big, you know, international companies. And on top of that, like we were, we were taking nights and weekends to like record vocals and finish writing songs together and, you know, get in the studio and finish an album. Like, so 2018, I mean, I, I probably worked an average of 70 hours a week, um, between Mm -hmm. all of those things kind of together. I mean, there were literally points where I was like, I don't know how this is happening or how I can go on, you know? And there was a lot of like, I, I like, I'm very anti hustle, but there was a lot of like, a lot of just hard work, hustling, grinding, whatever you want to call it that had to happen for a season just to like be able to have both food on the table and the pursuit of a dream, you know? Yeah. But it's like slowly, you know, over the course of saying no to things, even though on paper, it's like, how can you say no to that? Like, I feel like I'm getting to a point now where it's like, um, uh, you know, like an opportunity can, can come in and it's like anyone who would have that opportunity would think that it's completely foolish to turn it down. But like Mm -hmm. knowing deep down that I have to say no to it because there's something like bigger ahead, like that God wants to like, I can either say yes to this client or I can like open my hands and like keep my hands open for something bigger that God wants to like put in my heart, you know, um, and just trust that he's going to do it. Like, I think trust is a huge part of it too. So I'm like totally just rambling on this concept because I just, I'm obsessed with it at this point. It's like trusting God to provide when he says, no, don't take the thing that's going to give you money, like takes a lot of practice, but I'm, I think we're slowly getting better at just trusting that he's going to give us something bigger and better if we obey, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's my big long ramble about uh, (laughs) creative work, but long story short, it's, it's a lot of hard work that is slowly paying off essentially. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that, that's great. It's, it's such a great place to be that, that you can say no. Um, you know, and it, it gives you the freedom to, to work on the passion projects and things like that. Um, in, in, I think it was in 2019, maybe in the end of 2018, but, uh, you, you kind of launched a, a, another like kind of little side gig out of, out of your freelance career. And you started, uh, creating you creating visuals uh, for other creatives to use and then you started yeah. building like premiere templates for others to use and and can you tell a little bit about the story of that why did you decide to to make this accessible to others yeah it was um 
It kind of, it honestly kind of happened as like an accident. Like it feels like something that I didn't really set out to do, um, in a lot of ways. Um, long story short, I was working on a project and I had been shooting a lot of like, you know, I'd, I'd started shooting like eight millimeter film for the first time and I had some of it back and, you know, I was kind of like working on this edit and I was like, man, like this needs some texture. It needs something special, but like, I don't just want to go to the sort of stock, you know, folder on my hard drive that I always go to, to grab some, some texture. Um, and I was like, man, I, I'm, you know, there's this like piece of the film that I just shot that like, just is like a blank color. So I wonder if I could just like, I wonder if it'd be cool to have like the texture of the film and the color. And like, is there a way to make that happen? And kind of like accidentally, like ended up kind of like reverse engineering how people make film grain by mistake, by basically Uh. like setting the blending mode that you're supposed to set for film grain, which like lets gray like kind of disappear. And in the process of basically like sticking it on on top of the project that I was working on, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's how you do that, you know? Um, (laughs) And it ended up making the project really cool. So I just kind of like, I was like, okay, well, this is cool. Um, I've kind of always, you know, the entrepreneurial side of me knowing that like I one day will not be able to, you know, um, manhandle a 50 pound shoulder rig, you know, like that yeah. there's always that in the back of your head. I think as a creative, it's like, when is this going to not be possible anymore to actually do this work? Um, yeah. and I'd been kind of processing that and then I was like, okay, well I've got this thing that's like kind of helpful to me. I don't know if it's going to be helpful to anyone else, but like, let's, I'm just going to put it up and I'm going to see what happens. And so I put it up and just kind of posted about it on my Instagram and like people started like buying it and tagging me. And I, you know, we were like sitting on the couch over like, um, Thanksgiving in 2018 and just like watching like, you know, people buy this thing and we were like, Whoa, like this is crazy. And then, you know, um, all the sort of like, you know, like holidays hit and I got really discouraged and I was like, okay, well that was probably just a pipe dream. Cause that obviously can't happen again. And then God just started giving me like new ideas for new sort of things. And this is, it wasn't like something that was like, it was always just like things. I just, I basically am making things that I want to use for my own projects. Like yeah. I'm kind of like secretly obsessed with like, you know, Blade Runner and like pretty much anything like retro sci-fi. So I was like, yeah. okay, well I don't know how to, you know, I don't know what I'm doing next, but I'm just going to start messing around with this kind of look and then offered that one. And that one kind of got a lot of attention. And I ended up making the soundtrack for that promo because I couldn't find anything on music, but that I liked. And so, and then people started talking about the music and then it was like, it was kind of this chain reaction of like one thing leading to another of just like these, you know, ideas for products, like just kind of kept flowing and people kept responding. And I was, we were, I mean, literally we just looked at each other like what is happening? Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really, I, I, that's kind of like the, you know, like I guess the why behind all of it was like, well, a, it was kind of an accident. B I did it because I thought it could be helpful. And then C like, I also have kind of like a secret mission behind the whole thing to like really be able to equip church filmmakers, like being one myself. And like, I know all the things that I know the pressure of like, having a thousand deadlines, um, you know, like, or like basically having the pressure of like extreme quantity and extreme quality all at once. Yeah. And so (laughs) I, I just wanted to be able to figure out how to 
provide quality with the efficiency that is needed. Um, basically, you know, providing like a high quality product that like Nike or Adidas could use and now they have, but like with the efficiency and the price point of like a local church filmmaker or startup filmmaker or whatever. Um, so that's kind of my, yeah, that's kind of the why behind the whole thing, I guess. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. And I, and if, if I can say, so I think you're hitting that mark. Um, you know, our organization, uh, our organization, we've used, uh, several of those packs that, that you've created and the tour visuals and the overlays and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, one thing I love about what you've created is, uh, you know, you could go to all kinds of websites and get like a template from, for like a beginning to end type of like 30 second promo, but yeah. you, you kind of offered all the pieces and then, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, as a creative, it gives, you know, like when I'm trying to throw a video together, it gives me just the pieces that I can still kind of feel like I'm turning it into my own, you know, totally. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely love that that's, uh, an approach you've taken. Um, it, it, this, I, I want to ask you a question, uh, about these visuals and as you've seen them being used by other people and other organizations and stuff like yeah. that, uh, has, has there been anything that like caught you so like by surprise, like, Whoa, I can't believe they used them or anything like that. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, this whole year has been pretty insane in that regard. It's like, you know, again, like I literally, um, like I literally was like sitting in my like home office, like just making these things like in my sweatpants, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it's, it's pretty wild when all of a sudden like you get tagged or someone, you know, sends you a video that Nike just released using like your packs or like, I mean this year, you know, it was used by Anderson pack on a tour and, you know, Hillsong uses my film grain, you know, on a consistent basis. And then, uh, started, you know, seeing that like the chain smokers were using stuff and like Billy Eilish's photographer was like reaching out and being like, Hey, like I keep pitching all these visuals that I love to Billy, you know, cause we, it, whatever, like, you know, yeah. from Jonas brothers to Hillsong to Nike to Adidas, it's like, it's crazy, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, it's been, it's been pretty wild. <laughs> Well, it, it, yeah, I bet it has been. I mean, even from a, from a far distance as an outsider, I, I watch it happen. I'm like, wow, that just, it just seems so, uh, so amazing. And I guess that's just how good God is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's crazy, man. I was going to say, I think the crazy thing is like, again, like, you know, coming from that place of like, just choosing to pursue that, like, even though it didn't really make sense, um, on paper, like to kind of do that. And now it's, it's, I don't know. It's just cool seeing it, how it kind of comes together and, um, and it's kind of, it's created more opportunities for my wife and I to be able to say yes to like the, the passion projects, like, yeah. you know, um, especially with it being like a digital store, like a digital product, like the, for the most part it's automated and, you know, it kind of creates a lot of opportunity for us to be able to like take on more passion projects. So like, all throughout 2019, like we were filming music videos and, you know, putting on parties and paying for, you know, mix, like we spent a lot of time and money on the album that we got to release together. Um, and that was only really possible because of like, you know, kind of pursuing the like entrepreneurial thing, which I'm actually really excited because in this year, like in 2020, I'm going to be, I'm kind of working on like a course on like how to like um, create residual income as artists. Like I think as artists, we kind of get 
there's kind of this like weird stigma that like if we pursue business or talk about business or like if we have any sort of like entrepreneurial marketing, you know, like lingo or, or, or like mindset that it's like kind of like this weird taboo thing, but like they're yeah. meant to live together. Like you can be both a, a great businessman and a great artist, you know? So yeah. I, that's kind of like, at least I think maybe it's possible. It's uh that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out this year. So. Well, that's awesome. Um, you know, just a couple uh, more questions, Ezra, and you yeah. know, you've, you've, you've been in the, the, the industry for, for a while now, you've been doing the freelance thing for four years. Um, when it comes to working with clients, what are some things that you know now that you wish you're, you know, you could tell yourself when you first got started in this? Yeah. I mean, um, I think like one of the biggest things that I wish I would have paid attention to more, I guess like the, the biggest lesson that I've learned or like stepping, you know, sort of growth moment has been just like, um, time management. Like I had kind of like a, I was working, um, with an artist here in Nashville and their manager was like, their manager is like one of those guys that like, if he has to, if he reprimands you, like you never forget it kind of thing. It's like one of those guys (laughs) you don't want to get a phone call from if you're, uh, if, if he's your client. And, um, basically it was like a larger project. It was like the first time I'd sort of been taking on like an album campaign for the first time, like from top to bottom, like Jillian and I were creative directing the whole thing and I was shooting videos and all this stuff. And so it was kind of like a moving target when it came to, you know, the, the, sort of quote that I gave and all that stuff. Cause things were getting taken away or added or whatever. But there were moments where like, I, you know, sort of under quoted on something based on the time that I thought it would take. And then I would like, I like went back to him and like asked for more money and like said like, Hey, this is taking longer. Like I'm going to need more money for this. And he was like, he kind of like laid into me and he was like, Hey man, like I'm fine to do that for you, but for your future clients, like you need to set a cost that you know, you're actually gonna be able to keep to. And if you can't like figure it out and, and quote higher on the next one, because this is unprofessional, (laughs) you know? So it was like this, like kind of like harsh, I was like, oh geez, I'm never going to forget that. He was a really straightforward guy. So I was just like, it kind of just taught me to really focus on time management and, um, I don't know, just all the numbers of, of filmmaking is like one of the hardest parts. Cause like, you know, things always take quite twice as long as you think they're going to. And, um, I don't know, just learning how to manage time and know, okay, I've done this type of shoot 30 times before. And even though I think it's going to take 20 hours, it's probably going to take me 60 and I need to quote accordingly, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So. Well, I was just gonna say, I think that's a very good note. Um, just because like the difference between 20 to 60, you know, on a, like when you're throwing together a bid, like you can see the, that financial, like, Whoa, that's a big jump going from 20 to 60. And you can almost feel bad about right that, you know, that price. Cause you're like, man, I know I could probably do it faster. And so I think that's a great, I mean, you gotta be willing to say, this is what it's going to cost, you know? Yeah. Like, I just think yeah. that's great. Yeah. And it's totally one of those balanced things. Cause at the same time, I always try to make it where it's approachable, you know, and like you always want to be able to like set, you know, the, I mean, the goal is always the highest quality product for like the lowest amount of money for your client. But, you know, it's kind of just a balance of like having a heart to give, but then also knowing the practicalities of what something's going to take. So, um, 
Yeah, I think just all that management stuff, just really paying attention to the patterns, you know, like there's so many, even even in the cycle of like a freelance year, like it took me probably two years to realize like, okay, in November, I'm probably not going to get calls for three months. And so yeah. we need to be prepared financially to like see that through and like, let's not go on a cruise in September if, if in October we're not going to get any checks in the mail, you know, that kind of thing. So just learning all the kind of like seasonal aspects of the thing is, is really interesting to me too. Well, uh, Ezra, we've, we've loved having you on the show and appreciate you taking the time as we, as we get out of here, just, uh, yeah, as we get out of here, I just have one more question. And that is, do you have any words of encouragement for your fellow creatives out there? Yeah, I'd say, um, I mean, on a practical level, just like pursue dreams over opportunities, not necessarily over, but like in tandem with like, there's things I think in all of our hearts as creatives that kind of brought us to this occupation, you know, now it's an occupation, but at one point it was like you were dreaming, you know what I mean? And I think that, um, it's actually, I'm stealing all this from a Kanye West tweet of all things, which, uh, the old Kanye where he said, but he said, um, dreams are greater than opportunities. And like that, like has stuck with me forever, you know, cause we can, we can get, you know, the, the goal kind of becomes like, okay, well how, where, like, where do I get the next opportunity and how do I next, you know, find the next paycheck. But really if, uh, if we pursue some of the bigger dreams, like the, the opportunities kind of take care of themselves too. So that's like the first thing. And then, you know, on a more like, uh, kind of same thought, but like on a spiritual level, like my favorite scripture is first um, Corinthians two nine, which as a creative is like so powerful to me. And it says that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And I just, I'm so like, I just want to be one of the people like looking back on my life or if people look back on my life in 20 years or whatever that I want, I just want to be known as someone who like really like took that at face value and, and believed that like God had things for us as creatives that the world hasn't seen before, you know? So I'm always just encouraged. I'm trying to always encourage myself with that. And I guess that would be my word of encouragement to anyone else who's listening to. We want to thank Ezra again for stopping by and joining us on our 100th episode. And uh, Kyle, Kyler, before we go, uh, have you guys heard any new music lately? Nope. Justin Bieber. (laughs) 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 Justin Bieber's new album is out. How is it? Changes. Um, Subpar. I had high expectations. Really? You did? Yeah. Why? Um, I thought... His last album was good. Well, on his spiritual journey, I thought he was really going to throw in some lyrics that were going to be bars. You thought he was going to pull a Kanye. I for real. Yeah. For real. I thought thought he would. But all the songs are about his wife, which is also, I mean, predictable because he just got married. But they're good, though. They are good. But they sound like his last album. Exactly. Yeah. I brought up the thought earlier today. What, What did I say? What did I say? What did you say? About uh, was it about Bieber? No, it was about Lauren Daigle. I was oh, about I her was, being at Winter Jam in three years. Well, yeah, I said, <laughs> darn, love you, Lauren. If you're out there, <laughs> yeah, if we ever get her on the show, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she literally goes, if she doesn't release a new album in three years, she'll be on Winter Jam. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was like, if the album isn't, if she doesn't tweak her style up a notch or two, because I feel like if you don't change up your style every album hmm. it's just you're listening to the same thing over i feel and like over. the beebs though he's in such a good place that he's just kind of like i'm just gonna make these songs for my wife that i like and i don't care if 
the whole world likes it. And he can do that. Yeah, he's he got definitely can. Yeah, money and he's still getting he's still getting asked to be on all these other tracks for people because he's got that smooth voice. Yeah. Well, that's what he did for a hot second. All he did was features. Yeah. Feet. Feets. Get that beach. Feet. <laughs> I don't like that. Please cut that out. I don't no, like no, it. it's safe. No, please. I definitely don't like feet. <laughs> feet. Yeah, I get that feature. Well, John we Mark McMillan's yeah, new album. That's what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> a yeah. friend, friend of the podcast, yeah. John Mark Friend, McMillan. our longtime listener and friend, John Mark McMillan. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, something by Peoples. Peopled? Peopled by Dreams? Peopled with Dreams. Peopled with Dreams. I can tell you've really been listening. I was. I can tell you exactly what the album artwork looks like. Oh, please describe that for our listeners. This is uh, they can only hear, so let's talk about the artwork. Well, it's a psychedelic red and pink. Um, what makes it psychedelic? Red, psychedelic isn't like wavy. Like you take what. Anyways. We'll leave it up to the okay, listeners' cool. discretion. Um, you did get the red and pink, correct? Yeah, red filter, and he's got some glasses on, I believe. Yeah. Impressive. Guess the rest. I have a photographic memory. I think. Do you? <laughs> only photographic. Okay. That means if you tell me anything, I'm not going to remember. Yeah, but, but if I see it, then you'll well, remember. Well, I, I think it means you remember exactly what it looks like. I, I think was fairly close. I think what you have is just a regular memory. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> like well, you, what do you... <laughs> you remember bits and pieces of it. <laughs> what, do, what do you guys think of the album? Amazing. It's good. Slaps. It Slaps. is. <laughs> unlike Justin Bieber, it is way different than his last it, album. It yeah. is, isn't it? But it still feels like John Mark McMillan. The drums on this album. The synth. Yeah. Like the 80s sounding the synth. Drum, like I every like, drum what? is just like so good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He he really went back to like the 70s rock. Yeah. Um, and pulled a lot of pieces from and it. He, it, it, it. You can great. dance to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't. Um, not That's not. To, but. I saw you <laughs> dancing. When? To this album. before When I first got here. I was oh, peeking in the right. window. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> now it is a great great album and and i thought you know when we interviewed him not to bring that up again but if you ever but we did do but that we, we did, interviewed john we did. Mark no McMillan. kyler wasn't there she <laughs> didn't do there. it they interviewed john mark mcmillan all right uh anyway she was you know, he, was, he had dropped that that christmas ep mm-hmm. and a lot of sounds from that christmas album are actually on this album which is yeah. really cool some of the horns and and that kind of stuff there you go that was pretty good oh that's enough <laughs> <laughs> I like his cover of um what's what's a uh, oh that uh is a Bob the Bob Dylan song no yeah the song that he covered wow <laughs> what's that song don't leave me hanging well there's only every song in the world to choose from because I have no idea what you're oh, talking about oh make you feel my love no that's not Bob Dylan is it Bob Dylan make you feel my love crop that up no. thanks guys <laughs> I'm singing it he's going for it <laughs> what's, who sings that song <laughs> who is I it I don't know <sighs> I'm looking at that make you feel my I can't actually say the words because then we'd have to pay for it yeah we can't we can't do that it yeah sounds... it's Bob Dylan look at me go yeah look at yeah, you go yeah he covers and then he covers another one that photographic really memory yeah, that photographic memory <laughs> coming out yep <laughs> that's great um, well we we need to wrap it up but one other thing Kyle this this probably new information to you um, probably so but uh, Kyler is organizing a viewing party for uh, what's the what's the movie uh, called a, for Frozen a week 2. away oh. a week away have you heard about this Mm-mm. 
Oh man, it's a oh the camp the yeah the Christian <laughs> camp movie. How do you know movie. about that? Yeah, because I heard kids about kids in school talk about it. I heard about it on a podcast. Oh, funny thing. Was it our podcast? Nope. <laughs> Whose podcast was it? I'd rather not say. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know who's but uh, are people so, talking? Is so this like Kyler uh, is enamored with one of the I actors. saw it in Relevant magazine. Heard it on Relevant Podcast. Yeah. That would make sense. <laughs> it's basically high school musical for or oh, slash no, camp rock slash, for there you go. For a Christian movie. Yeah. It's gonna be horrible. Well uh <laughs> Thank we, you. I was like, wait, <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> we we've decided uh we're gonna take a create initiative field trip yes. and we're gonna watch this movie. Oh, is it gonna be in theaters? It will be. Yes. Oh. Yeah, sometime this summer. We will hopefully. be the only ones there. We will be the only ones there. No, I guarantee but, uh, you every youth group, man. We no have to go on a Monday because they're gonna be on Wednesday packed. No. Oh, for sure. Listen. They are not going kids, to this. When I was at Winter Jam, the announcer said, because everybody's You're talking about Winter Jam. No, listen. A fool of youth groups. The announcer was she like. She went twice. I went twice. They, Super fan. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep my opinions uh, no, it's, to it's, myself. I'm embarrassed. Well, we talked about it. We talked about Winter Jam on a, on a few episodes yeah. ago. Fake fan. But uh, you went and watched that Fake promo fan. again. Yeah. So now we're all in on this movie. What's it called? A Week Away, I a think. Week it's going to be horrible. Featuring so Kevin Quinn. <laughs> the three of us, we could go. Kevin Quinn, famous from what? A Disney Channel bunked. That Silence. sounds like that bunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do like a mystery science theater thing since we'll be the only three in the theater. Yeah, we could literally like, podcast while the movie's <laughs> yeah. going on. <laughs> so we, we should. Hey, maybe maybe we dream. will. <laughs> well, guys, uh, somehow, some way, one hundred is in the can. That's Thank it, huh? I thought it was going to be hundred minutes. Man, it's all because of the it listeners. Feels like hundred minutes. <laughs> We have to thank the listeners. We do want to thank the listeners. Hey, uh, for listeners. supporting us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm Ira Glass. And I just wanted to thank the listeners. Without you, this couldn't happen. Wait, oh, I thought you were going to promo next oh. week. <laughs> next week on the Create Initiative podcast, we'll be talking again about this terrible movie. You don't want to miss it. All right. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> no, but seriously, listeners, be on the lookout because we will be dropping an episode every day now. <laughs> you just have to find it. <laughs> yeah. It will be hidden. It's guided prayers. Oh. Guided prayers. I, you know, well, we'll talk about that later. Guided prayers for creatives. It will yeah. be Kyler oh. laughing through several guided prayers. and <laughs> It'll be me trying to laugh or not, be, trying not yeah. to laugh while reading Very Song of Very sacrilegious. Um, won't help you at all throughout your day, but it will exist. It will exist. That's another thing I wanted to say about this podcast. What's that? You know, 100 episodes, getting a little sentimental. Oh. Out of all the podcasts that exist, this is definitely one of them. Truer words have never been spoken. Thanks, guys. (laughs) True. That's big facts. Big big shout out to Jason. He's going to cut this out, but... (laughs) He's the life. How did you know? He's the lifeblood of the Create Initiative, and so he's been. Yeah. He's been working hard at it for as long as I've known him, and so. That's literally true. Yeah, literally true. This so like I met a, him at a Create Initiative wow. event, probably. Yeah, on the rooftop. And so. Plenty mercantile. Yep. Wowzers. Mercantile. Um, but mercantile. anyways. 
Anyways, shout out to you, Jason. You're doing awesome, and you do a lot of hard work that goes unnoticed. And so let us all notice it right now. <laughs> well, thank you. Wherever you are listening, Wherever. stop and start pull, clapping. Pull over, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can drive pull. with your knees. No, we don't recommend We that don't endorse bad driving. Uh, well, no, thank you guys very much, but thank the listeners and thank everyone who is a part of the Create Initiative, comes to the gatherings, the workshops, and all that stuff. And uh, the ones who send the occasional email, that's always fun. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I have something. What, you have something? Yeah, but you're probably going to have to cut this to make it smoother. Were you done? Just go. He oh, was, I was like, <laughs> he was thanking the listeners, Kyler. Wow. <laughs> what do you have? I was just gonna say, follow us on social media. That's right. Follow us on social media. What are the handles? At Create Initiative, CRT Initiative on Instagram. Create Initiative. Like us on Facebook. Um, CRT Initiative. Create Initiative. Follow us on Twitter. Wow, <laughs> Please knocked, knock those out of the park. And uh, I guess that did jog my memory. We do have a, a gathering coming up, March 30th and March 31st. The 30th in Oklahoma City, 31st in Tulsa. And uh, we're talking about the pace of your life. Pace, my least favorite salsa. Yeah, it's it, it's something else. But uh, thank you for taking us there, Kyle. Yeah. But hey, Maria Ray's all the uh, way, baby. You you can attend for free. And uh, we've said it before. We know it's close. It. We know it's close to Easter. But we really hope you'll take it. A, 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 I'm just saying an hour. Uh, out of your busy schedule to join us. I think it'll be worth your time. So, anything Honestly, else? Honestly, Maria Ray's, guys. Any thoughts? Maria Ray's salsa, the hot or the medium, both of them, delicious. No sugar added. Wow. Way better than Pace. Thank you. We'd like to thank them for sponsoring You don't want to be one of those <laughs> New Yorker cowboys eating Pace. No. Not New Yorkers? You don't it's, even know, it's do you? It's a commercial. No, I don't even know. I don't have uh, cable, so commercials. I don't have cable. Neither do I. <laughs> I haven't had cable in six years. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had cable in eight years. I don't know. I don't know why I'm being personally attacked. Currently, while podcast. we are speaking, there are broadcast television waves traveling through our body. That's Radiation. true. That is true. Well, hey, for Kyler Clapp and Kyle Lee, I am Jason Evans. We thank you for joining us for 100 episodes. And if this is your first episode, uh, give us a chance, please. Please give us a chance. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so we want to thank Ezra All again for being on the show. All we ask is that you give us 100 episodes. Just give us 100 episodes. 100 more. Give yeah, us just 100 give us 100 more. more. So uh, for Kyler and Kyle, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.